Moncrief on News Talk. You may have noticed that uh, short videos on Instagram or TikTok, for instance, often come with subtitles. In fact, most of them do. Subtitles have become so ubiquitous that there's been a resultant boom in the growth of subtitling companies. The reason why, apparently, is because Gen Z wants them. And as you all know, Gen Zs are the most important group of people on the planet. James Dempsey is our representative from the overlord class. Afternoon, Your Majesty. <laughs> I think I'm more of a millennial. I'll take oh, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. How many cocktails have you had? Yeah. <laughs> all you generations look the same to me. Fair enough. Fair to be enough. So why, why are, are people too lazy to concentrate on what's happening on the screen? I think it's a mixture of a number of things, right? So first of all, the way that people are accessing video media has completely and utterly changed from when you were in your equivalent Gen Z heyday. Back <laughs> yes. uh, watching the, Dallas with my parents. Yeah, right. So whereas now people uh, may be watching memes of Dallas, they're doing so on, uh, you know, on a eight inch screen that is in the palm of their hand. Uh, while potentially also watching something else on a much larger screen across the room. And it's twofold, right? So first of all, if um, imagine you're a content creator and you want to get as many eyeballs as possible on your content. And this is specifically in the realm of like social media. Yeah. By by providing, um, you know, subtitled tracks to the audio that's in the screen, they can watch it in silent while something else is going on yeah. and still consume it, right? But as for the popularity of consuming TV shows with subtitles, um, I, I I firmly think it is because of the uh, the you know uh, one of the main reasons is this whole idea of second screening, which nobody I mean this is on new to any of us, right? Yes. In fact, I I strongly remember thinking that when the Scandi Noir came out, you know, however many eight nine years ago that was, the killing on you know BBC Four and became this incredible hit, and people were going, oh my god, those Scandinavi- Scandinavians, boy, do they know how to do a whodunit. I also I really think it was just that people were actually watching it because <laughs> they didn't speak Swedish, so they needed to read all of the subtitles yes, as they were yeah. going on, and they couldn't possibly second screen. Another uh, reason for this as well is actually because of changes in sound quality, right? It's particularly more prevalent mm. in, in movies rather than uh, you know rather than TV shows. It's slightly different, but. Uh, so, for example, next month we have, you know, the battle of the behemoths coming on the... Uh, it's going to be one hell of a movies and booze, right? When yeah. you have Barbie and Oppenheimer yes. on, on the same day, right? <laughs> and um, uh, Christopher Nolan is particularly well known for, like, creating movies and designing and sound editing and producing his movies in such a way that the dialogue can be very, very difficult to hear. Mm. And it is designed to be watched in the biggest cinema, you know, I don't know, screen, if that's, well, on the biggest cinema screen. Yeah, well, he has, he's hired out, like, around the world, the biggest IMAX. Exactly. And in those screens, there could be typically, like, a hundred speakers placed in pivotal places all around the room so that you, as a viewer can have all that sound destroyed by someone eating popcorn, right? (laughs) But but basically, the whole point is that sound is coming at you from 360 degrees, right? And imagine the uh, sound editing and compressing process that has to go to get all of those speakers into one track that's on your mobile phone that's played through a pair of headphones that are not soundproofing and like you're hearing all the ambient noise as well, right? So how do you counteract that? Oh, it's very simple. You stick on the subtitles, right? I also think the third kind of uh, stroke here is the ease with which you can turn on subtitles as well, right? Like back in my youthful, very youthful days, 
Okay, there was teletext. You could put that on. You press 888. And maybe, maybe there would be subtitles, but not always. You know, not every show was subtitled. And now, uh, I guess, since particularly the advent of Netflix, which brought about the real streaming generation or uh, revolution, rather, for all of us, they have always had subtitles there, ready to go in multiple languages. Yeah, sometimes my Netflix goes on the fritz and I'm getting (laughs) subtitles in Spanish. I I have no idea why. (laughs) Other than somebody's hacking. No, that that was... We we dealt with that suspicion, but it never arrived. Well, but yeah, but but the ease with which you can just do it. I mean, even like, even YouTube, right, which is not a... Like as in, there are... There are YouTube content creators who are absolutely professionals of what they do, but there are also thousands of them, if not millions of them, who are amateurs giving it a go and mm. sticking up videos of whatever. And often on YouTube, there's a little, you know, CC button and it, it, whatever technology it uses automatically produces the subtitles. They mightn't be 100% correct, but they are there ready to go. So the technology has obviously improved to such a way that it is not a labor intensive thing for the creator to do yeah. and for the consumer to do. It's literally at the touch of a button and like one touch of a button. It's nothing, right? Mm. So if you are living in a, you know, a hectic lifestyle and you're, I don't know, you're you're perusing a very expensive cocktail list or you're, <laughs> uh, you're uh, sitting on a bus or whatever, right? And there's ambient noise going wrong and uh, going around rather and you are, uh, you know, you're trying to watch, you're trying to see who killed J.R. Yeah. You will turn on the subtitles because it'll just anchor you or it would anchor me rather to the to what's going on in the screen mm. and make sure that if something happens to break my concentration there's some way back into the story because well the dialogue is right there yeah. on the screen it's in one sense though it's a shame in that if you're relying on subtitles and not quite paying full attention to what's let's say for instance uh, on the big screen uh, whether that be your TV or, or, or a cinema, you're missing out on the acting. Well, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> after a while, what's the point in the actors even talking? You know, well, they might as well just pretend they're in a box uh, and words come along true. at the bottom. Uh, you know, I, it's kind of funny that like, I, I consider my mother the avant-garde person of this because she's been doing this for about a decade, right? <laughs> because you know, we always had Sky at home and on, on Sky Plus, it was very easy. I think you just press, again, press of two buttons and suddenly the... the the subtitles are up there and uh, for whatever reason my, my mother decided or happened upon this and thought it was the next best, best thing. So for a long time she's been doing this and part of the problem is um, they're, it's very distracting. You know, like if, mm. you're, if you are not the kind of person who watches something with subtitles all the time there's nothing else you can look at. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but the subtitles when they are there. But the inverse is also true. There's a whole generation of people who also watch TV on a volume that is too low. Right? Yeah. You know, right? Like I'm marrying into that kind of app. Like I, I, I'm pulled for in both directions, right? From my bloodline to my uh, my legal wedded line. I'm marrying into a family of people who watch the TV at like no volume at all. And oh. you can't hear a word that is on screen oh, at all. God. And like I'll be, I'll be, gingerly pushing them towards that <laughs> subtitle button in order to keep talking about but the, isn't it but it's kind of weird because I, I mean it's mostly it's, well I don't know if it's quite an anecdotal thing but it, it, in recent years an awful lot have people have been speaking about how the sound mix isn't very good anymore for mm. some reason and wondering are they going deaf 
you think with the advances in technology it would be better, not worse? It's also, Notwithstanding Christopher <laughs> Nolan trying to give you two well, It's also even a purely functional thing, right? So if you imagine the design of how TVs used to look like, right? I mean, the most modern cutting edge TVs are about as thick as like a smartphone, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, obviously they're much larger surface area, but like they are very, very slender. And the way they're designed, an old, you know, an old widescreen TV, let's say, like circa 20 years ago, uh, had speakers framing the screen pointed out towards the viewer. Yeah. Whereas that doesn't happen anymore because the screen pretty much ends exactly where the TV set ends. And now the, the speakers are located, my understanding is, like on the underside of the rectangle shall yeah. we say right? pointing, so down. pointing down yeah. so that's part of it and I know look I watch a lot of TV for you know I come in here and I talk mm. about TV a lot right and I know when I'm watching uh, the different streamers my volume button is going up and down, down. all the time <laughs> yes. because some of them I need to turn it like I think my volume goes up to 100 some of them it's going up to 90 some of them it's as low as 20 and there seems to be no standardization between them and all of that is because of some sound mixer going, uh, doing their best job to try and balance everything. By that, I mean, you know, dialogue, mm. music cues, Foley artistry, everything. In, yeah. it, you know, it, uh, and then it, like it's a real um, artistry as well as a science because, you know, I was watching a little uh, documentary about this before I came in just in order to sound like I knew what I was talking about, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> and this, uh, it was a Vox one on, on, uh, on, on YouTube, I'll say. And this sound artist was saying that, you know, uh, because of the way we've been trained to, you know, because of our sound media literacy, we, the viewer, can't have an explosion and dialogue having the same sort of volume because it doesn't sound right, it doesn't mm. sound natural. And therefore, huge effort has to go into playing with levels of sound in order for it to be audibly pleasing to the viewer and realistic and believable. And when all of that just gets condensed into like an iPhone speaker or an Android speaker, a lot of it is lost. Yeah. Uh, as someone with ADHD, says about text, I find it impossible to concentrate on a TV program or movie without subtitles as they help uh, me keep my focus. Paddy says, uh, I remember much more and get more engrossed in a film uh, with subtitles. Isn't that interesting? Uh, on the last ga- season of Game of Thrones, I had to put on uh, the subtitles because I literally couldn't hear anything <laughs> and see anything. Uh, someone else says subtitles are there so dad doesn't have to listen to their 10 year old daughter watching TikToks while dad is watching the match in the big telly. And that, well, do you need subtitles for watching a match? Uh, and, uh, and all headphones in the house are broken from being left on the floor and stood on. Uh, so very specific set of circumstances there. Uh, the uh, dialogue volume in today's shows and movies are very low when compared to soundtrack and effects. Subtitles are a must. So it seems like a lot of people are... F- are accepting subtitles. They're yeah. not going to go anywhere. I don't know. I just think it's odd. That's probably <laughs> an age thing. Before I let you go, yeah. because you got very excited when you were coming in, tell us about your your favourite cocktail. My, my cocktail of choice is a, um, a paper plane and it is equal parts uh, whiskey to uh, Campari uh, and Amaro Montenegro, which is Italy's version of Jägermeister, which is accurate, but a terrible description because it's the most deliciously floral thing you would ever have. And if anyone ever sees a bottle of Amaro Montenegro, 
you must buy it. <laughs> right. Okay. That's an order from James MC. And do you know why it's called a paper plane? I don't know. I mean, it tastes like rocket fuel. It is like it tastes, yeah, you know, like it'll, it'll help you take off. Certainly. Right. Okay, James, I'll let you stagger out of the studio <laughs> there. That was uh, James Dempsey there. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.